Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, it's opening day. We're going to talk about the Dodgers opening day lineup, what we think it'll be. We're going to talk about some bold predictions for the 2023 season, and we will talk about some of our favorite opening day memories from over the years. That's what's on tap, so let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you will never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. That guy next to me is Vince Imperio. Yes, we are actually together today. Uh, Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room, so we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Vince, uh, I believe this is our first time recording together when we were both in our regular recording locations uh, in about, what, four weeks maybe? I think since before I went to California in early March. So three and a half weeks or so because I was in California and then you were all over the world, following the World Baseball Classic and vacationing. And uh, here we are back together in our own homes. Yeah, just in time for opening day. So if anything, uh, once season is here, we're ready to go. Yeah, if there was any justice in the world, I would be recording from my parents' house right now because I would be going to opening day. Uh, but I'm not, unfortunately. Uh, family obligations have me here in Utah, so hopefully I'll get to a game soon. But, you know, I don't have my season tickets anymore, as I've mentioned before. And uh, if you want the story behind that, it was in our episode from, uh, oh, it was the lost episode. It was about a month and a half ago. Uh, I talked about it. I just tweeted out a link. Uh, so go check out my Twitter. Twitter, You can see the link and the timestamp to uh, see the story behind why I don't have season tickets anymore. But that means that I won't be at opening day. I've been to a lot of opening days, though, and so has Vince. And in our final segment today, we are going to talk about some of our favorite memories from some of those home openers, opening day uh, experiences. Uh, but first, for this particular opening day, it's kind of interesting because the Angels in the freeway series that the Dodgers just concluded, the Angels threw three lefty starters at the Dodgers, which meant uh, we got to see their lineups against lefties. Uh, but Zach Gallon is pitching for the D-backs today, who's a right-hander. And so the lineup we see today will likely be uh, different than what we saw in the freeway series. And so we just want to talk a little bit about what what will be the same? What will be different? Obviously, the top, uh, I, I would guess the top five will be about the same, you know, with since since Will Smith will obviously be in the game. Uh, they're not going to actually I get maybe that's not as obvious as I think it is. Uh, I, I assume that Will Smith's going to start opening day, uh, even though you know, I don't remember if Julio is one that prefers Barnes or not. I know Kershaw does or at least has. But uh seems like Mookie leading off Freeman batting second. And then uh, what they go, Smith, Muncie, JD? Is that the order they went? Yeah. And that seems likely to stay the same. It's those last four spots. And, uh, you know, we know that Miguel Vargas and Miguel Rojas will be in the lineup. 
And then there, so we don't know where in the lineup. And then there's two other spots that we don't actually know who will play. So Vince, let's talk about that. Let, let I guess let's yeah. talk real quick. First. They went, well, Smith, Martinez, Muncy. I'm assuming that's because it was a lefty. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so the, the top five, I, I, I think you and I probably both agree. Mookie, Freeman, Smith, Muncy, Martinez. Uh, let's talk next about the two spots that where we actually don't know who's going to play. Let's figure out the starting nine, and then we can figure out the the final four in the order. Uh, who do you think gets the start in center field and left field? I think Outman's getting the start in center, and I think they'll go Peralta and left, and I think Hayward and Trace will be coming off the bench if needed. Yeah, that that seems you know I I could see Hayward getting the start over Peralta. Um, but probably not on opening day. I mean, Peralta came in on a guaranteed contract for whatever it was, 6 million bucks or whatever. Hayward came in on a minor league deal. Uh, there's a lot of reasons even beyond play. And I think that Peralta is probably a better hitter than Hayward right now. Uh, probably not the defender, although uh, Peralta did make a pretty nice play. A little shades of the Peralta who used to be a good defensive outfielder. Uh, not, nothing amazing. It's just a nice running catch in the freeway series the other night. Um, and so I, I have hopes that he will be at least, you know, Jock Peterson in left field, where back back before Jock Peterson weighed less than I do, or back when he weighed less than I do. Um he uh you know, he, he was a an adequate defensive left fielder. I think Peralta could be an adequate defensive left fielder. And yeah, I think Outman has definitely earned the start in center field. We've probably said more words about Outman in the last two months than any other Dodger, maybe because uh, you and I have both been hardcore on the Outman train and happy that he he got that spot. And Dave Roberts said he wouldn't be on the roster if he wasn't going to get a lot of playing time. And uh, he's the left-handed center fielder. And if he's not going to start against a right-handed pitcher, then uh, who's he going to start against? Yeah, he's on the roster to play, and that's where it comes down to. You know, Jason Hayward had those couple home runs in the first couple weeks of spring, and then after that, didn't really do much else. And Outman, you know, outplayed him, obviously played his way into a role. And uh, I feel at this point, it's his kind of role to lose as the center fielder against right-handed pitchers. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, like, like I talked about the other day, maybe even against left-handed pitchers if uh, if Trace Thompson doesn't figure something out here pretty soon because, uh, you know, every it's Trace Thompson and then three lefties. And so, you know, Outman is likely to be the biggest beneficiary if – Trace continues to struggle like he has. Uh, all right, so we know the last four guys in some order will be the two Miguels and then Outman and Peralta. What order are you putting them in, Vince? Yeah, I'm going to assume that Roberts is going to alternate them. Um, I'm going gonna, gonna to go Outman, Vargas, Peralta, Rojas. I think Outman... And Vargas obviously give you a little bit more thump, a little more potential for thump at the very least. And if you throw Peralta and Rojas in those last two spots, it's basically counting on those guys to flip the order around, get back to the top of the order with Mookie and Freddie. Um, and I think especially with Rojas, a guy that we've seen doesn't strike out much, uh, has hit pretty good with, with two strikes and, and has a good two-strike approach. I think he's going to be like that second leadoff that we like to say in that ninth spot. So I think, I could obviously see Peralta going six and then Vargas and then Outman, but I think he's going to, they're going to give Outman the benefit of the doubt uh, just based on what he's done so far. 
I, I like your reasoning, although I do think I would flip-flop uh, Peralta and Outman, put uh, Peralta sixth, Vargas seventh, Outman eighth, and Rojas ninth. Uh, partly to just, you know, we know Dave Roberts likes the the no-pressure approach on the rookies, and so having Outman batting eighth, you know, there's it's kind of the epitome of no pressure. Uh, but also, I think Outman is maybe a better bet for a better on-base percentage than Peralta too. Uh, Peralta is maybe going to have more, you know, because he's more experienced, maybe a better chance at in-game power right now. Uh, so I like him six and then Outman, a better chance of actually rolling over the lineup and getting to, to Mookie with guys on base. Uh, I, I even, for that reason, I wouldn't even be opposed to Vargas, Peralta, Rojas, Outman. Um, you know, the, the, the full no pressure, on Outman batting ninth, and he's probably going to have, you know, I, I like either Vargas or Outman batting ninth because they're going to have the two highest on base percentages of those four guys. Uh, and so I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But I, I do think if I had to put money on it, I'd go with uh, Peralta, Vargas, Outman, Rojas. Yeah. And really, when you look at it, there's no. You know, obviously they can develop into holes in the lineup, but there's not necessarily a hole in this lineup uh, that you're counting on. So realistically, those last four can really go in any order, like we just mentioned, and and be fine. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what they end up doing. Uh, but either way, it's a pretty solid lineup for the Dodgers on opening day. Yeah, and Gallon has reverse splits a little bit. He's tough against everybody. He's actually a little bit tougher against lefties because of that changeup. So, you know, maybe that'll come into play. But, all right, well, that's our predictions for that. We're going to come back in a minute, and we are going to talk about some bold predictions for the 2023 season. That's what's on tap, so please keep it locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals and last-minute tickets, their best price guarantee, it, it, there's so many things that you can get at Game Time, and they just looked at you. Uh, I, I pulled it up. I'm here in Utah, and hey, look, April 4th, Lakers at Jazz. That's a top pick for me. I could get tickets for that right here. We've got Shania Twain coming in concert that I didn't even know about, but uh, now I know because – Game time just told me. Uh, Fallout Boy, uh, lots of jazz games. There's a ton of stuff going on in the Utah area that I, you know, stuff I wouldn't even thought of. I love going to comedy shows. You can get tickets for those. Burt Kreischer's coming. He's very funny. Uh, Dude Perfect is coming. I know my kids would love me if I took them to that. Uh, so a ton of stuff you can find. All you got to do is go to gametime.co and it will show you everything going on in your area. And you don't have to plan months in advance because game time is the place for last minute ticket deals. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So you can get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concert, comedy, theater, and more. And the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag tickets without stress in game with game time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And we are back. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, get ready for the baseball season with Locked On MLB's ultimate six-episode season preview. 
Our local and national experts give in-depth analysis of every team and division in a way only Locked On can provide. Find all six episodes on Locked On MLB on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And Vince, uh, it's, it's the start of another season. You and I, th- this is uh, you've been a fan since 1991 when you were born. Uh, I've been a fan since a long time before that when I was born. And uh, and it's uh, there. There's been really good seasons over the years. There's been bad seasons uh, and, and in between. Luckily, as Dodger fans, we never had like the worst of the season. I think the Dodgers have only had. Have they ever lost a hundred games in a season? It's. I want to say early nineties. They were close. They they were close, but. Uh, you know, we've never, I know we've never been as bad as, a, you know, some of those teams that lose 110 games, 150. Okay, so they've lost 100 games in a season twice, but not since 1908 is the last time they won, lost more than 100 games. They did lose 99 in 1992. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, other than that, I mean, they've been, and obviously this last decade, we've been spoiled. Uh, but so we've seen good, we've seen bad. We're going to see some good this year. And Vince, you and I are going to talk about some of the uh, the bold predictions, I guess, I guess I'm just assuming our predictions are going to be good. Maybe you're going to predict that the Dodgers lose 112 games. That would be pretty bold. But uh, I bo- both of my predictions are going to be bold uh, in the positive sense. But uh, Vince, you want to give us your 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 first bold prediction for this year? Yeah, first bold prediction for yeah. I didn't want to go negative. I think Trey Thompson not being on the roster by All Star game would have been if it was like negative. Just cause yeah, although I basically did a whole episode about that the other day, so I don't know how bold that is. Yeah. Um, but I'm going you know, bold is is hard with some of these guys because you know you're expecting a lot out of them, but I'll go bold and generally a little bit vague and say that the Dodgers will have a rookie in the all-star game, whether that's Outman, whether that's Vargas, um, you know, rookie of the year. I don't feel rookie of year is as bold as all-stars because it's it's hard to make an all-star in your rookie year, more so than rookie of the year. You're only going up against rookies. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go. Dodgers will have a rookie in the all-star game. Vargas probably has a better chance just because second base isn't as strong as some as the outfield is. But, uh, you know, Outman could have a hot first start until pe- people start figuring him out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that one. And uh, that, that, would be, that would be very nice. I think my first bold prediction is that uh, – Dustin May will throw his first career no-hitter this year. I think he's got the stuff on any given day, obviously. And, you know, part of the big issue with him has been having that put-away pitch to keep his pitch count low enough. Uh, I, I doubt he's ever even thrown – has he ever even gotten into the eighth inning of a game in his career? Um, it, it's, you know, he definitely has never come close to a no-hitter. And uh, But I think he's going to I, – I don't think pitching – complete games is going to be something he does regularly, but I do think he's going to put it all together for one game. He's got no hit stuff and he's going to, it'll be late enough in the season where he's stretched out They're They're not concerned about, you know, pitch count and stuff. And uh, so let's say mid July, uh, his last start before the all-star break, he's going to, so they know he's going to have a little bit of extra time before his next start. So that they're comfortable letting him throw a hundred and eight pitches to get his no hitter which is what he's going to need. And uh, I guess I'm getting really bold when I'm down to the date and the the number of pitches. But yeah, he's never even, I don't think he's ever even gotten into the seventh inning of a game before. But uh, yeah, Dustin May, last start before the, the All-Star break. 
108 pitch, no hitter, uh, one walk. That's the only thing keeping him from a perfect game. I like that. I'm going to have to go to all Dustin May starts this year just for that. Yeah, or at least the one right before the All-Star break. Yeah, there we go. Um, all right, bold prediction here. I'm going to go with – had a couple in mind, but I'm going to go with the Dodgers are going to be similar to that 2017 – no, no, 2019 team. Whatever team had a lot of walk-offs, the Dodgers are going to have double-digit walk-offs this year because they're not going to be as dominant as they were in past years. They're going to be in a lot of close games. Their bullpen's going to keep them in a lot of those games, and they're going to have that – they're going to make the new lights at Dodger Stadium flicker a lot during the regular season. Uh, they're going to have double-digit walk-off wins. Okay, I like that. Um, yeah, that was 2019 because that was the, the rookie, rookie walk-off walk. weekend and all that. So, uh, all right, my second one. Uh, this one, basically, the the summary of this prediction is I'm going to cry a lot on a particular day in October. Um the Dodgers are going to win the World Series, and during the post-game uh, exercises or shortly thereafter, uh, Clayton Kershaw will announce his retirement, uh, going out on top. Uh, I, I love half of that prediction, and I hate the other half, but I do think if the Dodgers win it all, especially if Kershaw pitches well and is a big contributor to that, uh, there's not much reason for him to to come back and play another season. Um Maybe he doesn't announce it until the parade, uh, but you know, sometime shortly after the Dodgers win the World Series in 2023, Clayton Kershaw will announce his retirement. Yeah, I feel like he would have to have, well, for the fans' sake, I feel like he'd have to announce it before the parade so we can give him the extra showering. But knowing Kershaw, he probably would wait till after everything. Uh, yeah, uh, but I'm mean, announcing it at the parade because it's not like there's going to be more people showing up because of that. I mean, the, wherever they have the parade, it's going to be packed to the gills anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, that's true. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm down with that prediction. It's one of those where. Yeah. It would suck to lose Kershaw, but it kind of would make sense in a lot of ways. The Dodgers win it. First of all, that clears a lot of things out of the way, but also kind of clears the rotation a little bit since the Dodgers will have, you know, Gavin Stone, Ryan Pepio, Bobby Miller coming up neither next this year, next year, or the year after. And, uh, you know, you can only – Kershaw, they'll carry him as long as he's good or as long as he's still going. But, you know, it's nice to go out on top. Yeah, for sure. And he's the kind of competitor who would uh, – I, I don't think he ever wants to be a mediocre pitcher. And so uh, I think that's a good way to guarantee that that wouldn't happen. So – uh, we'd love to hear your bold predictions, everybody. If you're watching on the, on YouTube, we'd love to hear your predictions down in the YouTube comment section below. If you're listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. We'll give you all that contact info at the end like we always do. We're going to come back in just a minute, and we're going to talk about some of our favorite opening day home opener memories over the years that we have been going to games. So thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please continue to keep it Locked on Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 
That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on every, everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net, all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, Vince, we are back. And uh, that FanDuel ad, it, we, it was so much fun to be able to actually say the phrase Super Bowl uh, a couple months ago. But apparently, uh, we're still not as allowed to say that other phrase uh, of what's going on in the sporting world right now. But, uh, you know, we can say opening day. And we've been saying opening day for a long time, you and me as fans. And uh, I've been to a lot of opening days. I, I was a season ticket holder for 10 years. Obviously, one of those years, there wasn't a, uh, a season with fans in the stands. And uh, I think there were two others that I didn't get to go to the home opener. Uh, so I guess I went to, what would that be, seven home opener. And I actually went to the home opener the year before I became a season ticket holder. So I've been to eight of the last 11 uh, home openers. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's always fun. I love Dodger Stadium anytime. Opening day has a special feel to it. It's a really cool time. And, and I've also been to opening day... Uh, in Colorado uh, in, in 2021, I actually went to actual opening day and the home opener. Um, and then in 2012, the the first year that I went to the home opener, I also went to a game in San Diego earlier that week. Uh, the Dodgers opened up in San Diego. My wife and I went to a game there, not opening day. I think it was the third game of the season. And then my brother and I went to the home opener a couple of days after that. Uh, but Vince, uh, You've been to plenty of home openers too. What what are some of your uh, your favorite memories? Yeah, I remember going to opening day was I want to say went five or six years in a row there in the mid to late nineties. Uh, my dad would always take us. I loved it because you got to miss school, um, which was what makes tomorrow's opening or today's opening day when you're watching this a little weird because it's a night game. Uh, you're used to opening day the one o'clock games, but. And it's supposed to be cold in a, or cold for LA tomorrow, so also another interesting thing. But uh, it's got to be 2021. Um, you know, it sucked that it was not full of fans, but got to see the Dodgers get their rings. And you know, after finally seeing a World Series in my lifetime, seeing the Dodgers get the rings, seeing Kershaw get the rings, the way the Dodgers did it, having some of their favorite players. Uh, kind of congratulate them on the video board and and when they got their rings, uh, you know I don't even remember anything about the actual game. I think they won, uh, but I remember seeing them get the rings and that's all that mattered. Yeah, the other things I remember from that game, they did win one to nothing. I think might have been Max Scherzer that was pitching, or was that, I, I know it was against the Nationals, uh, but uh, they Scherzer pitched either that day or the next day. Um, one of the things I remember from that is they were. Uh, they had set it up so you would order your food ahead of time and then go pick it up at the concession stand. And that was the biggest debacle in the history of the world. Uh, I stood in line for four innings to get the bottle of water I had ordered and I had already paid for it. So a uh, matter of principle, I couldn't bring myself to just say, I'll oh, screw it and go back to my seat. Uh, so that was fun. Um, and it was hot that day. I was sitting out in the pavilion. It was, it was a warm day, not cold like this one's going to be. Uh, my first home opener ever actually was pretty chilly. I actually had to go down to the big and tall store and buy myself a long sleeve Dodger shirt because I didn't own anything with long sleeves. And, uh, 
and I, I wore a, a nice long sleeve Dodger shirt. I uh, went to the game with my brother. We sat out in the right field pavilion, which back then was the all you can eat pavilion. And it was Andre Ethier's uh, 30th birthday, I believe. And uh, I know it was his birthday. I think it was his 30th. And he hit a homer. They were playing the Pirates. And he hit a homer in the bottom of the eighth inning to put the Dodgers ahead. So ended up being a game-winning homer. Not, excuse me, not a walk-off because it was the eighth inning. But a game-winning homer for Ethier on his birthday that landed... I don't know, 20 feet to my left, uh, right in the front row. We were sitting in the front row of the right field pavilion and the, the ball landed in the front row, just, you know, probably 15 people to my left. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. It was, uh, I remember, uh, what was that pitcher's name on the pirates? Hanrahan, Joel Hanrahan. Is that a guy, yeah, uh, before, there. before the game, he was, uh, out on the field and one of the security guards who sat out there with his batting helmet on and Hanrahan was just bouncing a baseball off the security guards batting helmet over and over. That was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, and one of two times I saw the Pirates play that that month because I saw them later that month uh, in Atlanta, my first time going to Turner Field. But so yeah, that that was my first home opener, and, and you know, a boy never forgets his first. You know, that's that's what they say out in the out in the world. So yeah, it's like I said, I could go back and look at the box scores from those '90s games and probably find one, but. I am not one that has very good memory from my younger year, so I don't remember anything specifically that stands out. Uh, the other one I remember, and I wasn't even at the game, but I was, uh, I think, in San Diego that year with the job I had there, and it was when they hit eight home runs on opening day in 2019. That was just a fun one because, like, you know, Ravine Fiends, if you follow, get out ball is the big thing. You got to tweet get out ball a bunch of times, ended up selling T-shirts after that game, and, was able to capitalize on the moment. Uh, but, yeah, just, you know, anytime you can win big on opening day, and the Dodgers have done that a few times. They beat the Padres like 14 to 5, I believe, in 20, one of them 2016, 17, 18, one of those years too. Uh, but to do it, Granky was starting, and we didn't have like ill will toward Granky, but you don't necessarily like him too much uh, anymore. So they beat up on Granky. They hit the eight home runs. It was just a fun way to start the year. And I remember after that, because my mom had went to opening day in San Diego for the Padres. Um, and then we went to go eat boiling crab after, and I love boiling crab. So that, that made it a pretty much uh, great all around day. Yeah. I was at that 2019 game with the eight homers uh, and that kind of kicked off Cody Bellinger's MVP season. He hit one Homer, uh, I think Jock and somebody else hit two each Seager, maybe. Kike um, and Jock hit two. Kike and Jock. And yeah. And then Cody and Seager and even Barnes hit one that night. Uh, we, we saw, I, uh, Russell Martin pitched for the Dodgers that night and, uh, the, the D backs backup catcher pitched for them. So it was a battle of backup catchers by the end of the game. And, uh, yeah, it was a fun game. And then on the way home, I listened to Dodger talk as I do on the way home from, from games. Cause I'm a glutton for punishment sometimes. And, uh, Felix from Riverside called in to Vasse to complain that the Dodgers were too dependent on the home run. And, uh, I never have been able to find that Felix from Riverside guy, but uh, man, I hope he has figured out a way to enjoy things once in a while. I actually looked a couple of years ago and uh, the the archives of, of Dodger talk, they have gone through and taken out the call from Felix from Riverside from that episode. Uh, so it only exists in my memory, but actually that was the first week that you and I were doing locked on Dodgers five days a week. And uh, I actually did an episode talking about, uh, how home runs are actually a good thing because you get a run every time you hit a home run. 
and uh, all based on Felix from Riverside's call. Um, the the other one that really stands out to me as not just one of my favorite opening day moments ever, but one of my favorite Dodger moments ever was my first game as a season ticket holder, April 1st, 2013. Dodgers against the Giants, Clayton Kershaw on the mound against Matt Cain. Pitchers duel scoreless into the eighth inning. And then in the bottom of the eighth inning, Clayton Kershaw leading off the inning against George Contos. And Kershaw hits a home run over the wall in center field. The only home run of Kershaw's career and uh, put the Dodgers up one to nothing. They ended up tacking on three more runs that inning, won the game four to nothing, complete game for Kershaw. And just, you know, he was already my favorite player by that point. And for him to do that in my first game as a season ticket holder was just awesome. And, and, you know, I was there with my uncle Jim, who's a Giants fan. He did not enjoy it nearly as much as I did. I was also with my brother. My dad was supposed to go, but he was sick that morning. Uh, and so had a couple friends, Stan and Roy were with us. Uh, Roy's a Phillies fan, so he doesn't care, but he, he likes baseball, so it was fun. And uh, yeah, just a lot of fun, fun way to kick off my 10 years as a season ticket holder. Yeah, that one was fun. The, I think that one's one of those Mandela effects where everyone thinks the game was 1-0, but mm-hmm. the Dodgers ended up putting up some more runs that same inning. They ended up winning 4-0. Uh, but I would, would imagine most Dodger fans you ask or talk about that game, they think it's a 1-0 game. All thanks to Kershaw's home run. But either way, fun game. Uh, I remember I skipped – I was in college, so I skipped school one class uh, to go watch that game somewhere. I forget where. Yeah, it it was a fun one. Um, The uh, one that wasn't as much fun was 2018. Uh, 2017 was when they pounded the the Padres. Also faced a position player in that game too, Uh, although that was the guy who was supposedly going to be a two-way player. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, Ben Hart. Betancourt, yeah, and uh, Dodgers knocked him around and kind of ended that two-way player experiment pretty quickly. Uh, but in 2018, they lost to the Giants one to nothing, and uh, on a home run by Joe Panic that uh, had a like an expected batting average of 080. It went 328 feet or something, just barely wrapped around the pole, like didn't even seem like it went far enough to get over the wall. And that was the only run that Kershaw allowed. Uh, and the Dodgers had a bunch of hard hit balls that that got caught. Kershaw had two hits himself, but uh, they couldn't score him and they ended up losing one to nothing. And oh, that was a, that was a rough one. And I think they lost the next night again, like one to nothing uh, on another. Joe another, yeah. 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 Was I, I was at the, I was at the Lakers bucks game during that second game and I was just following along on my phone and glad I had chosen to go to a basketball game instead. Yeah. That was a, uh... Maybe not a sign of things to come, but that 2018 year was just a weird, ex- like excruci- the most excruciating season you could have for a team that went to the World Series. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So opening day is fun, and if you're going to opening day today, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, after the fact, some of your favorite moments. They're gonna. They've announced that the the first pitch will be thrown out by three former Cy Young winners: Oral Hershiser, Fernando Valenzuela, and Eric Gagne. And they will be throwing to uh, Mike Sosha, Dave Roberts, and somebody else. I forget who. Is it Steve Yeager? Um, Maybe. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Eric Gagne doesn't doesn't show up at Dodger Stadium a lot these days, but uh, it's always fun when he does. And obviously, it's going to be a big Fernando season. It's kind of the year of Fernando, and so it makes sense that he's involved in that. Uh, Rick Dempsey. Uh, oh, Rick Dempsey. That's right. Okay. Um, which makes sense. Uh, probably Fernando throwing to 
to Sosha and, and Oral thrown to Dempsey. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be Dodger stadium. They always put on a good opening day. There's the new lights that they, they had a little tweet with the video of, of the new lights in action. looks like that'll be fun. I hope they don't go overboard with that. Uh, but you know, it definitely uh, better lights is always a good thing. Uh, especially if they don't go out during the game, uh, which Dodger stadium lights have sometimes been known to do. Uh, should be fun. We'd love to hear from you. Vince, you'll be there, right? I will be there. Yes. You there as media or as a fan? I'll be there as media to get in early and get free parking. And then I'll be a fan during the game. Probably. Yeah. Vince will be wandering the stadium. So be sure to say hi to him. When you see him, I will be there in spirit. I'll be watching on TV and enjoying it and hopefully get back to the stadium soon. Vince, you got anything else for our opening day extravaganza episode? No, I'm excited. Opening day is always a fun time. This year, we've talked about this a lot, even though, you know, it was a maybe not the best offseason or a little bit weird offseason, what we're used to. Uh, I'm really excited about this season coming up and seeing what these guys can do. I am too. I, I, I'm I super excited. And in a way, the, the lack of expectations is even more exciting. You know, it'll be Dodgers don't get to be underdogs very often. And uh, that'll be fun. They're not major underdogs, but I think they are a little bit. If you watched sure. yesterday's episode. My, underdogs compared to yeah. the big market Padres. <laughs> my roundtable episode yesterday, everybody in the NL West, except for Ben Kaspik of Locked On Giants, picked the Padres to win the division. And even Ben only picked the Dodgers because he uh, didn't want to anger the karma gods or anything by picking against the Dodgers. So he was trying to reverse jinx it or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Dodgers are the underdogs and should be fun. And, uh, like I said on yesterday's episode, they're going to beat the Padres by six games this year. So, uh, it, that's better than 22. It's more exciting. Uh, not better overall, but you know, it's more exciting at least, uh, and maybe a little more stressful and all of that's good. So that's going to do it for us today. We will be back for one more episode this week, talking about opening day, uh, tomorrow. And, uh, so thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Now for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, if you're not watching and listening to Locked On Dodgers every weekday morning, we would love if you add one or two days a month to your rotation. If you haven't subscribed, please subscribe on YouTube, on podcasts. On YouTube, hit the little notification bell so you get notified when there's a new episode. We would love to share all these episodes with you. We will be here every Monday through Friday all throughout the season, just like we are all through the offseason. And so we will always have what you want to hear about the Dodgers every weekday morning. So check it out. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Semperio. I am on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. You can also email us, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, or you can send us a voicemail or shoot us a text message at 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.